but if you have run a story that you have controlled and suddenly it's like, oh, like, cool. My, my physiology functions a little bit smoother. So you're saying if you are the one, if you're the person who's in control, then like there's, there's less pain. If you, if you have, if you, if you have the story that you are in control. Yeah. Right. If, if, it's like, even if like things fail, you would so much rather think, well, it was due to my mistake than like somebody else fucked up. Yeah. Or yeah, I'm, I'm, res- I'm responsible for that, which then it becomes interesting because another thing that's, um, can be attractive or maybe come almost like a, like a, like a slippery slope of sorts is engaging with the identity of, of being a, a victim or, or the victim. Oh, yeah. You know, so if I am the yeah. victim, that means I'm not responsible. Yeah. Because they did this to me. Yeah. And so as long as they did this to me, I'm powerless, which means yeah. I'm not responsible, which means I can't mess up, but I also can't really succeed. Like I'm, 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 I'm bound. We do and that so much. Sure. <laughs> I think that, I think the, the most like obvious and the funniest like place that I really see that is driving it's like the same shit that you do and you're like you don't mind doing it to other people while driving when somebody else does it to you oh my god (laughs) you know it's like you think about it and you're blaming that person you like maybe you flip them off but like it sticks in your mind for minutes maybe when somebody cuts you off or somebody does something that you don't like when you do that same thing to somebody else maybe you'll think about it for a few seconds and then it's like gone. Like you don't really think, you know, but it's like, if you're the victim. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's why you you need, you need in-person relationships. Like it's, it's when you are, especially with like social media and, you know, Twitter is an obvious one because it's pretty like almost like nameless faceless. You can just, you could just be blasting out vitriol to the world. Like all of like the dark shadowy crevices of your soul can just be like poured (laughs) through your fingertips out into these, like (laughs) these, these like honest, unexpecting people that are on the other side. It's like, it's like pouring into their eyeballs. And when you don't have that accountability of like, no, I'm seeing, I say a thing, I do a thing. I see your reaction in real time. Oh, yeah. you, you were hurt by that, you know, or, oh, like, like, I, like if you're hurt, I'm hurt, you know, like that's what makes humans really effective as a species is our capacity for communication. You know, mm-hmm. so our ability to, like, we communicate real good. You know, that's what has eventually. Do kind we? Of, well, yeah. Do we though? Sure. Oh sure yeah, we're for so sure. Bad at communicating. Well, I mean, look at GPS. I mean, we communicate real good. Like, like yeah. our, uh, I mean, I, we, we could, not, not I, but our, our military could press mm-hmm. a, a, a button and drop a missile on literally any location within an How inch. How is that communication? The planet. Whoa. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of communication that goes, think, to be able to integrate with the planet to the degree that I can literally from this point, I've got this little keyboard. I can press like the, the, the press button and drop in a, a packet of information in the case in the form of missile or, a, you know, a message or whatever. I mean, I guess we're talking about different forms of communication. When I say communication, I mean like 
you know, people to people actually like communicating how they're that's, feeling, that's, how they're thinking. Well, sh- what but they yeah, really but that's, want. but to get to the point of that type of innovation is, is entirely based off of people to people to communication. There's no one person that creates anything. So our capacity to do anything like this computer that you're looking at right now or your house or any of these books, the, my book that you were just holding, that's not my book. I didn't do that in a vacuum. I had multiple editors. I had, you know, like tons of people like helping with reviewing the chapters. I had, you know, the people yeah. that made the paper, I had the, like, the people that like where the, the forests came from, like just holding a single book or a desk you know, it seems like. like a single thing, but that literally is this matrix of communication almost around the whole planet, at least around the whole nation. Yeah. It's like, whoa, yeah. like you can't hold a thing without it being this, this brilliant expression of communication. And so, right. and so where, that, where that comes at an individual level is face-to-face communication. So now we're coming into like the biological visceral, like, woof, like, wow, we're like right at the beginning of all of that technology is when you make when when you emote with your facial gestures another person naturally will attune to those facial gestures like any facial gesture that i make whether it's maybe i wince my eyes maybe i i smile maybe i do a fake smile so you, you know there's that duchenne smile which yeah. is french, french anatomist uh referred to to this the duchenne smile or smizing is like a more authentic smile where you're engaging the muscles around the eyes it's called the orbicularis mm-hmm. oculi if you're ever in Jeopardy. So you're engaging those muscles around the eyes. That's going to be an, a more natural um, indication. Genuine, like, oh, that, that person's yeah. like really genuinely smiling. Yeah. So if I smile like a, a creepy thing with, with you, my eyes are wide open. Only with your mouth, yeah. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm sending like millions of bits of information to you. And the information that you're receiving is, oh, this person's freaking crazy. Right? You know, and so when we're communicating with each other, that's literally, it's it's, for you to really be able to to feel someone, you almost, right. not almost, you practically entirely take on their shape. So if you're having a conversation with someone and someone's really sad, you know, and they're crying, you're probably not going to respond with the Duchenne smile and say, ah, it would be hard if someone's in that state, you will start to kind of take that on to almost like catch yeah. their emotion. Like, Oh, like, tell me your eyes go down. Your, oh, your, your voice tonality changes. Like everything right. shifts to match the shape of that person. Right. You know? yeah. And uh, I don't even know why I started talking about that, but it's freaking interesting. Why were we, were we talking about facial gestures or communication? What were we talking about? We're talking about everything. Anyways, that's just, but that's, <laughs> but, but that, so there's, there's a, there's actually a fellow called Paul Ekman who I've had a podcast with him as well. He's the top hundred. Wait, most what? S- is he not dead? He might've died. I don't know. He wasn't dead two years ago. I'm not sure what his status you is. Had right a, you had a podcast with Paul Ekman? What yeah. Oh, good. He, you know who Paul Ekman is? That's great. I study psychology in school. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> Paul, Paul Ekman, Ekman comes up every class. Yeah, he gets he came up like with a, the six most basic emotions. Every single yeah, exactly. Like, oh, okay. that's so fun, funny. <laughs> How great! Some I'm people so come up I think every one of the, semester. He's these are the first times I've ever re- referenced Paul Ekman and someone not just kind of like you know stared off into space. Like okay, you but, haven't whatever. talked to someone who studied psychology because when I tell you he comes up every semester, I'm not even exaggerating. Oh, that's great. I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, anyway, so, so he, in, um, 
one of his books. I don't know which book he actually put this, put this in exactly, but in his research, he came up with 10,000 odd different facial expressions, expressions, right. all with specific meanings. And that was one of the things that his research was doing or his, his kind of like theories was challenging from my understanding that of, of Darwin, that uh, the potential contention or belief was that facial gestures is something that they're learned patterns or habits. And so if you go to some culture, they would have kind of distinct facial gestures for there. But right. so he went to like Papua New Guinea and I think Papua New Guinea was the main place, but probably some other, other spots as well. And um, found in his research that we have a universal language and it's you know called body language. And body language, particularly, that doesn't pertain to like gang signs and like hello and gestures like that with hands, but the more innate patterns like facial gestures and, you know, defensive patterns or expressive open patterns. Like everyone, everyone wins a race the same way. Everyone loses a race the same way. Everyone cries the same way. Everyone, you know, jumps up in glee in the same way. And that's the really beautiful thing is no matter what language you speak, no matter what race you are, sex, you know, any of that, you speak one universal language and that is body language. And yeah. when we are communicating with each other, no matter, once again, whatever your language is, age, any of that, we will actually take on the shape of the other person that we're communicating with, unless you have some type of personality disorder, personality disorder, then suddenly it's kind of weird because you don't get those cues the way most people do. And yeah. then you're like, you're like, wow, like you, and maybe you are a little spectrum. If you, if you really are authentically are that way, where it's like someone has one emotion and you're like, ah, <laughs> you like don't yeah. respond. Right. <laughs> like <Yeah>. that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. he also, yeah, like the, the also like a really important part of his uh, research was that he went to, as you said, like he went to so many parts of the world to um, study and do research on different emotions and body language. And like the most important part of his research was that um, he basically came up with these basic emotions. So he noticed that universally, so universally and without a frame of time. So any time in history you look and any part of the world you look, there are six basic emotions. So maybe people have like, you know, different ways that's like culturally, like you said, to show something. But these six basic emotions, they're universal. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's fear, um, anger, uh, joy, uh, sadness, disgust and surprise yeah so these are the ones that like no matter where you look in the world they all look the same you know like fear looks fear like joy like you know sadness disgust also disgust was interesting like everybody gets disgusted the same way yeah so like yeah, yeah these are like very universal and then, and like then another range. another thing that's interesting with that is those universal emotions are able to be conveyed with very high efficiency uh, just through touch. And mm. so that was, so that was, um, I think it was, this is, again, I actually included this in my, in my book in the, in the chat, in the touch chapter. Uh, and so I don't remember the, the specific details of this either. That's the thing I like, you write a book. I got this from Chris Ryan. He wrote the sex of dawn and civilized to death. And he had a, a bit about this is like, once you write the book, you can move on. It's like, it's in the book. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't necessarily need to be like you get the concept you get the idea like we put the research yeah. like it's it's in the book i could move on to like another book now another idea but so it's in the touch chapter uh and it was i'm excited to read it it seems it seems like you put a lot of um like real work and it's so cool like it has like pictures it's easy to read i'm excited to i appreciate start that. it yeah, yeah but that was i'm, like, that I'm was... like reading like five books at the same time like okay. i have so much the intention with writing and i'll get back to the touch stuff but the, the 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 style of writing my book the align method was uh really making every page highly approachable and mm-hmm. able to derive value from any page so if you open it up i think this is a kind of just interesting interesting idea in general uh if you open up to like that was the test that i was going through i'd open up to page 167 or page 249 and just open up randomly and just like read as a consumer and yeah. was i able to be engaged and get yeah. some actionable information that i can literally implement into my day like right now and that's the 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 style of it throughout you know that was so that was the intention so hopefully that ends up being successful as you go through it that's literally what i did with your book today like i just randomly like picked a page because you know before when i used to buy books i would always read the back cover Mm -hmm. right it gives you like a really good idea of like what the book is about but then it's also like packaged in such perfect engaging way that as you said, like that might engage you the back cover, but then if you randomly like open the page, it might not be. And I'm not saying like every page needs to be super engaging, but it's like, yeah, if you like randomly open up a page, maybe do that like three times and you can tell if you're going to be into maybe like the style of writing or what the book talks about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's something as well that you can implement into, I don't know, into yourself. Like how you do anything is how you do everything. Yes, I, so I think there, 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 there's opportunities to make your own life more interesting and engaging. Right. You know, like how many aspects of our lives do we just kind of like, we just kind of, you know, bucket that as like, oh, that's just the kind of gray work, whatever thing. And I think there's, yeah. the opp- there's the opportunity or potential to really open up your own self, you know, your mind, your, your home, your car, your relationships. You know, like the way yeah. that you think, the way that you enter, the way that you work and really be like, I think it's a cool test. Like open up your yeah. own book, open up, random the page, page. open up to random page, the way I get to work. It's like, you know what? I could probably spice that shit up. You know, like maybe I'll get an, maybe I'll get like an e-bike, you know, which I have my <laughs> e-bike. I have my e-bike sitting right over here and I intentionally. In LA. Have, <laughs> in LA. Yeah. Well, I'm in Austin, Texas now, but so I intentionally um, got a. A place that's beside the river here in Austin. So as I'm, I'm pointing over here, the river is maybe like 200 feet away, maybe 250 feet away. And then there's a, a bike trail, uh, like right here. So I can take my bike, like right out the door, get onto the bike trail. Oh, that's and so, great. and so that's, but that's an example. And that's one of the, the sections in the book. There's the, the, um, Oh, what did I call the section? Something like how your environment forms you or molds you. Like you become the shape of your environment. I think it might've oh, yeah. called it that. Uh, you know, and so within that, we get into how to um, orient your home and your office and your travel situation so that your existence in those places makes you a healthier, stronger, more adaptable, flexible, you know, yeah. per- person. And most yeah. of us, most of us, I think culturally, if you allow yourself to be like dust in the wind of 
the the modern mold like you just allow the modernity to impress upon right. you like your shape um you're gonna suck <laughs> like the modern mold is not built for human biology it's shit yeah like it's it's you're gonna be your eyes are gonna go crossed and you're gonna be nearsighted and you're not gonna get enough sunlight and your testosterone's gonna be all jacked up and your hormones are generally gonna be jacked up you're gonna be infertile because you're just bombarded by plastic and you know BP, or you got vaccinated no, I'm, sorry, I'm kidding <laughs> or maybe the vaccine's fucking with you whatever like there's a lot of different things uh, going on and if you just allow yourself to just to not have any autonomy or intention to yeah. live a, a little bit better you know like like i i you need to think outside of the box in the modern world if you do not you're going to be a statistic and the yeah. statistic of modernity is increase like annual annual increase in anxiety anti-anxiety medication depressive medication you know self-harm continues to go up among you know everybody it seems but young people specifically you know it's like that is not a statistic you know you don't want to just be dust in that wind you know, yeah. so you, you really, you don't need to do anything, but if, if you want to make a choice, uh, you know, to, to, I don't know, be self more self-actualized to use like Joseph yeah. Campbell talk, um, you, you need to, uh, consciously be willing and, you know, it sounds kind of a little fruity, but like courageous enough to think outside of the, the pale of normalcy. I know I'm getting yeah. a little like poetic and like, like, you know, no, so but it's true. Right like do, do a little better every day. I think it was um, atomic habits that said, if you can do what, if you can be 1% better uh, each day and you know, it's not consistent. It's not linear like that where, you know, you're just like consistently 1% better every day. One day you might be 3% better. One day you might be negative five. The next day you might be, you know, plus yeah. three. And it's like, but it's, it's that effort though. And, you know, it's like the not letting go. Like, even if you have, you know, whatever, like a mundane job, whatever it is. And I think a lot of people do this. Like a lot of people really do try. And, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about this in his uh, 12 rules. Uh, he says, like, look around and see what you can improve. Whether that's one day that you're like sitting home and you, you literally look around your apartment and think, what can I do to make this environment better? Maybe it's cleaning. Maybe mm -hmm. it's fixing that table that's, you know, whatever, been making a noise whenever you use it. Maybe yep. it's whatever it may be. And he says you can do that same thing with your life and you can do the same thing with your personality and your character. Yep. You, can, you can objectively look and see what can use some work, what can use some improvement. And, you know, it's like in doing that, then when, you know, like when you look back 20, 30 years, you look at yourself and you, can, you look at your life and you're like, wow, I've really grown. I've really evolved. I've really like shaped my character and my life the way that I wanted to rather than just like, you know, being taken by by life and your environment and the people around you and, you know, just being influenced, whatever way it comes at you it's like no you but some people hard. some people some people um think they prefer that or may actually prefer that like i i remember at one point i haven't felt this way for maybe like nine years or so but i remember maybe more than that, maybe like 10 years i haven't felt this way but i used to actually envy 
people that had like the kind of like mapped out nine to five job paid vacation, mm-hmm. you know, all that, which again, that's still fine. I've got no like judgment either way, you know, like if someone's an entrepreneur or works himself or works in their underpants all day, like whatever the thing is. Um, but I remember actually envying people that had greater containment in that way and kind of had almost mm-hmm. like a father figure, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, cool. Like the, it's like the, it's like the, the I'm, I'm within the structure, the confines of this structure, and I'm kind of just told what to do. And then I'm told when I can take a break and I'm told when I can take a vacation. And it's like, I'm, I'm entering into this already preconceived system. So you don't have to make choices and then you, you, you yeah, don't you, have to just, worry about making the right choice. Yeah. So we need you to be, you know, be creative and all that stuff in your little like subset of where you are in our, in our, in our business. Uh, but just be that kind of like that spoke, like that's all we just want you to be that spoke, you know, and we'll handle the wheel. We'll handle keeping everything lubed up. We'll handle like all the stuff, but just like be that role. And yeah. so that I think there's something that was kind of nice about that. You know, it almost it is, can like op- open sure. up, it can kind of like open up more bandwidth for, for maybe other stuff. But I think that, that that can also happen with the belief that holding on to the belief that your government has got your back or the, you know, the, 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 F, the you know, the, 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 um, the people that are um, examining whether drugs are safe you know, or whether like any of the, or, or the vaccine yeah. is safe or, you know, corporation yeah, putting a lot of trust in other people's hands, but there's something, yeah. there's something gratifying about that to some people, I think, because there's a sensation of almost like, Oh, it's like a father figure in a way. And if you're a child, which you know about this with studying psychology, a child, it's safer to make it out that the child itself or him or herself is broken as opposed to the belief that their parents are broken because the parents are the container that are holding the house together. So yeah. any kind of jacked up stuff that's going on with the parents, if for the child, a, a six year old child to be like, you know, Oh man, my parents are nuts. Like maybe some kids might have that autonomy at that age, but for the most part, it's like, it's safer to, to um, kind of like digest that with yourself and say like, Oh, I'm the problem. You know, and yeah. so the, the lords above are, they have are, everything under, have yeah, everything correct. under control. So to come to a point of like, you know, your father, you know, like killing your father in a way, which is, I think a concept that I've heard, I think there's like a book about that or a concept that I've heard where it's like, your father is just a fallible man and your mother is just a fallible gal, you know, and they're doing the best they can, but they're not these supreme high uh, leaders they're just yeah. people trying to figure it out. And you're just a person trying to figure it out. And you need to take responsibility for yourself. And you don't need to take responsibility for them. You know, but so I think the process of doing that, it's like it's 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 similar to I think the relationship to parents. Yeah. And when you get older, that parent becomes the government. Or not necessarily, you know, like maybe it becomes your your workplace and your boss. But it's just like, you know, it's the concept of you either take that power in and you take that power and you make those choices it's always it's always a choice between you either choose or you're chosen for right and like obviously yeah. when you're a kid you don't know any better and you don't want to choose really but it's like as you get older you can really see that like people are really choosing consciously actively or they're chosen for yep 
Yeah. And if you do not elect to choose, then you will be chosen for, because there's always, there's always someone that is choosing. And as long as those people exist, if you come from that place of just like, whatever, dude, uh, then, you know, you'll, you'll get picked up and you'll be a part of their momentum. And then at some point you might, you know, in five years, 10 years, 20 years, be like, oh, I want to kind of create my own momentum. And maybe you picked up some momentum from that person's momentum, or maybe you worked your ass off for somebody for 15 years, created their vision, and then suddenly you got fired and like you got cut out of the business and you don't really have anything to say for it. Yeah. You know, so I think the sooner, the sooner that, that you can come yeah, from not an, not an excessively, because then the other danger of that is being excessively individualistic. And then you can suffocate on yourself. Also, yeah. So it's so like, there's there's no one like everything yeah. is nuanced, and that was since the beginning of the conversation. It was asking like, well, is it okay to complain every now and then? Like, yeah, kind of for sure, you know. But it's just like it's it's a more layered conversation <laughs> than just yes or no. Yeah, like uh, just like anything else, the I think the correct answer is somewhere in the in the middle, is somewhere in between the both extremes, right? It's yeah. like obviously don't be someone who wants to always choose don't be someone who's always chosen for don't be someone who always complains don't be someone who brings that vibe of toxic positivity someone who's like always always needs to be positive always everything's great you know it's like maybe somewhere in the middle like this is something that i've noticed about myself good or bad if i'm having a really bad day and nothing's going my way if i can just call my mom or if i have a boyfriend and they usually people like who are that close to me where I will call them in a moment like that, where it's really two people, my mom, or if I'm dating someone close enough and it's like, they pick up the phone and they know what to do. And that is to just let me vent and let me complain for a few minutes. And then it's like, okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Okay. Bye. And it's like, I'm better, you know, cause I need that. I need like, if I, my day is going really bad, I need to like call someone. Obviously I wouldn't put that pressure on someone that I don't know if they can take it or not, or if they're not close enough with me where, you know, like, I don't want to be that burden, but if it's my mom, it's like, yeah, you, you know, you gave birth to me, like take that burden, <laughs> take that burden of me calling you like, you know, maybe like once a month of yeah. just like pure complaining for like and three then, minutes. And then you can also a common tendency with that, unless the guy that you're dating is like a pretty, you know, whatever sensitive what? dude, sensitive dude, uh, a common masculine tendency would be to want to try to fix whatever's yes. happening, which is very yeah. you know, com- common. I think I don't need solutions. I don't but need so solutions. then, so then there's I a need potential a pair of ears. Right, exactly. And then there's so there's the potential possibility or opening for you to uh, a common thing might be they try to fix, you get annoyed because you feel like you're not being listened to, and then it yeah. just goes back and forth and you know there's oh, just yeah. like this like there's like this this static between you two. So there still is the opportunity for you to it's like having mismatched love languages in a way. You know, like like you can still have the opportunity to deeper knowing of saying like, oh, okay, I see that you are trying to help me. It's not helping at all, but I see that you're doing your best with the tools that you have access to, to be supportive. And I value that. And I feel seen and I feel loved for that. Even though you really, it would have been way better if you just shut the hell up. 
I can still feel loved and supported, even though you loved me and supported in the way that didn't fit the way that I receive it correctly, but I still get the gesture of what you're trying to do. And I love you. Yeah. See, I'm not as evolved as a person. Who, <laughs> like if I'm in a moment of anger and you know, like I'm not getting what I want, I'm not going to stand there and give a lecture of like, you're being a broken mirror. You need to be a healthy mirror and being a healthy mirror. You need to mirror the other person's emotions. That all you need to do as a healthy mirror is like when someone's coming to you with an emotional topic and they're showing a lot of emotions, when you're giving them solution, you're coming from a place of logic. They're coming from a place of emotion. So that doesn't even like, it's not even the same language. Like you need to mirror my emotions, which means like, if I'm sad, you need to just be sad. You don't need to fix anything. Like here's an example. Cause I did have this with my ex. It was so funny. I had my car broken into, I want to say like a couple of years ago because I left my backpack in the front seat for what I really am being honest, less than a minute like way less than a minute. I want to say like 30 seconds. I literally like got out of my car, parked it in the front, needed to jump in, grab something out of someone's hand, jump right out. Or I would not leave my bag and like, you know, in the car. But I was like, oh, it's so quick. Like it's nothing's going to happen. As I go in, I hear the shattering of a window and I immediately know it's my car. Just because before I got out of the car, I literally had that moment of, should I, should I leave it? Should I not leave it? And I was like, oh, it's going to be so quick. Nothing's going to happen. As if for something bad to happen, you need like a long time for it to happen. It's like, no, it takes seconds for it to happen. So I jump in, I hear the shattering. I know immediately it's my car and I come out and it's my car. And it was this dude who literally like broke my car and I saw him biking away with my bag. And you know, like I had stuff in it. Like it was expensive. It like the whole thing was like a few thousand dollars. Most importantly, I had my journal in the backpack. So if I could get anything back, it would actually be my journal. Ran after the dude. He was on a bike. I ran after him for like two blocks. And then I jumped on the back of someone's motorcycle and like told him like, go after that guy, go after that guy. We lost him. We like looked for him for like a few blocks, lost him. He dropped me back in front of my house and my broken shattered window and I was just bawling like I was just crying usually these things don't phase me like I had my car broken into before and I like I was just like eh, whatever you're like what are you gonna do but because of like all my stuff and because of my journal like I wanted to get it back so bad so I called my boyfriend at the time and the first thing he and I'm like literally crying and I'm like so upset and I, I'm telling him what happened the first thing he says is, well, you shouldn't have left your bag in the front seat. Like, what did you expect? And I was like, I was just like furious. So I hung up with him and I called one of my friends that I know is more of an emotional person. I have this personality test I take from like everyone around me and actually like a lot of people that come on the podcast. Um, so it like tells, it tells you like if this person is more of a logical base or emotional base. So my boyfriend is very logical. That's why in a, in a situation like that, like he says something like that. So I call my friend who is a more like an emotional person. And like, he understands like these, like more, you know, feeling type. 
I call that person and immediately makes me feel better by doing what? Just literally listening to me like cry and like, you know, whine and then just says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. That sucks. I'm so sorry. Like that. That's it. Like I was immediately like, you know, I calmed down. But, you know, it's like, I don't know how we got into that. But, but then, just saying but like so, mirroring. So that but within that, um, I'm sorry, your bag got taken. That's very sad. It's like insurance. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here. For, I'm here. For, I'm here for you. She already has shoulder to shoulder to cry on. Um, and he doesn't need to do anything. So yeah. you start. You started that whole thing off from, you know, you don't need to do this. You need to do this. That's not true. Right? Like it's. What like, do you mean? He doesn't need to do anything. You know, like your happiness isn't dependent upon his doing anything or else you are, your eyes are like, ah, Listen, so, so I, know where, I know where you're going so, with it. So, so your he, happiness is on yourself. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so each person, so it's like, ta- it's like having a hammer and saying it needs to be a screwdriver. Like you need to screw things into the wall. You know, and if you're not, then like, I'm mad at you. It's like, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hammer. Like this is so if your boyfriend. Yeah, and I need a screwdriver. And if you're a hammer, then I might put you down and go pick up a screwdriver. That's fine. (laughs) And there's lots of different relationship structures and things of the sorts that match different people, you know, but it's your responsibility to understand which tool, you know, or, or resource to reach out to and a person that's highly heart centered, you know, body feel emotion, yeah. feminine type person is not the person that you want to, I don't know, like do some type of engineering problem or do something that is highly structured analytical. Right. And, but so it's like, okay, do I, do I, am I going to now be mad at the emotional no. felt body sense person? Cause they can't build me in a, right. like a bridge that doesn't kill a thousand people. It's like, no, like, I love the person that built the bridge. I love yeah. the person that just listens, you know, but it's, but it's, it's, I don't need them to be anything. I need to yeah. be more effective with, with my delivery of energy. I know what you're saying. And that's why when I saw that from him, I wasn't mad at him for not giving me what I needed. That's why I mentioned I hung up with him and I called my other friend who I knew is yeah. going to be able to give me what I need in that moment. Yeah. Um, but I, so I know what you're saying. What <clears throat> I agree with the fact that you can't expect everything from one person. You can't yeah. expect them to be a boyfriend and a friend and a, and a this and a that. Like everything that you're looking for, you can't find all of that in one person. At the end of the day, that's just a person. You know, they're not 10 people. That's one person. Yeah. So in each situation, you kind of have to like know what you need and know who to go to to get those needs but um but it's also nice to know that the other person would know what you need in that situation and to take themselves out of that and see what you need and give you what you need I think a more evolved more aware person would be able to take themselves out of a situation and be like I'm not going to, you know, give you what is natural to me to give you. I'm seeing what you need to get. And even if this does not come naturally to me, because I've practiced this before, 
I know what you need. So I'm going to try to give you what you need. You might not be successful. Maybe you're not successful in doing that the first hundred times. But I think that's something that you can learn to take yourself out of a situation and then see what that person needs and at least try to give them that thing. But also the, the first thing that we talked about, like you can't expect everything from the same person. That's why you should have a network of friends and family and, you know, this so that, you know, you can like have different people for different things. And if you come from a lens of like, how many times do you, uh, we, we naturally will put more energy into what's wrong with the situation. You know, that's like the, you know, the, the RAS, the reticular activating system. We're like seeking out patterns that would potentially be threatening to us. And we're going to, that's going to, that's going to be sticking out. And then everything else There's the same thing we were talking about before with the sandwich. You know, there's something in the sandwich situation. This is like whatever it is, my ego or my my diet or whatever. You know, but there's so there's parts that are gonna stick out and we'll be like, ah, oh, that thing. You know, and then what will happen from a like a relationship perspective, the person that feels they might feel attacked by you know the partner because they were genuinely trying to do like They're they bad. were they were going into their toolkit limited toolkit but you know nonetheless you brought them into your life you know whatever you can find someone's got a, a more expansive toolkit or you know there might be things that that person really is actually very adept with that someone else might not be um but so they reached into their toolkit they did their best in that moment and then you respond with like you know a big fuck you and your like, best you know, was you know, not enough Thank not you. enough right <laughs> and so then the res- the natural response for that person would be to protect themselves and protect their ego and say, well, you're, you're a crazy psycho, you know? And then you say, I know. Ah! <laughs> and then it's like, and then it's just, 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 I, I'm, I'm a crazy psycho, but I'm your crazy psycho. I'm your so. crazy psycho. <laughs> and so, and so, but that's the thing is, is either of you at some point, they don't, you don't need to do anything, but you have the opportunity to exercise that like observer, you know, capital I, you know, capital M me, like the, the, the part that's yeah. able to see is like, ah, okay, I see what I'm doing and I see that you're trying to help me. Or maybe I see that you're actually so polluted from your own childhood or patterns or whatever that yeah. you're actually subconsciously or consciously trying to pull me down and trying yeah. to, to paralyze me or trying 100%. to, you know, whatever the thing is like, that's also possible. Some yeah. people aren't just, aren't just always acting benevolently. I think ultimately we all are acting benevolently, but it can come out highly malevolent. I think the root of every person is benevolence. The root of yeah. it, if, if that weren't the case, then PTSD wouldn't exist after people yeah. don't get PTSD from feeding puppies. Like never in history yeah. has someone, you know, fed a puppy and yeah. been like, oh my God, I got to see a therapist. Like it's never happened. Like it's pretty yeah. consistent across the board. You get PTSD from doing jacked up stuff to another person or losing a person in some way, you know, or thinking you were going to lose yourself. Like that's, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, and, and, and yeah. so within that, I think the root of every person is benevolence and we all are truly doing our best. Um, yeah, I agree. And, and there I might be, think that too. there might be certain recipes of people that really um, are actually quite pollutive and destructive to our own development and growth and safety and, you know, things of the sort. And if they exist 
we are responsible. We are the, we, they're, they're like our progeny, essentially. Like we are the creator of them in our lives. Yeah. And we seek out that person to fit some role because it's where we feel comfortable with. And so ultimately, if you are bummed about the boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you're ultimately bummed. Yeah. But you're ultimately bummed about yourself because you're, you're disappointed in your own lack of growth or expansion or availability for something that is, um, you know, uh, a, a higher fit, you know, more yeah, self-actualized like you, fit. You, like you also can't be perfect, but you also can't expect other people to be perfect. And, you know, like at least like the way I go about doing my shit is a lot of times I let myself have an emotional moment. I don't try to be like this super perfect person who always has the perfect reaction. But what I do try to do is after something happens where it's like a disagreement or something that disappointed me or disappointed the other person, I always try to have a conversation about it and like, you know, actually communicate, actually tell each other like, well, in that moment, I kind of wish you could be a little more like this. And hopefully that person can be like, I can see why you would feel that way. I will try to be more like that. And I would want you to maybe next time try to be a little less like this. And then you can then hopefully be like, I can see why you would say that I'm going to try my best to do that. And and you can also come from a place of, I like how you do this. I like when you do this because you're still coming from a place of you're kind of broken. I want you to be more fixed. There's a possibility. There's also a possibility to say, to say, to say literally the same thing. It's just coming from the lens of, of boosting the person. So this is like, like, like uh, Tamar Geller is it? She's a, a, a good friend. She's, she's like the uh, dog trainer of all sorts of Oprah and Tony Robbins, all sorts of people. And she, uh, in our a last podcast episode I did with her, she was talking about with, with training a dog, like we are quick to scold a dog because they did something we don't like. But then the rest of the time when like, if a dog is just chill, like your dog's on your lap right now, yeah. your dog, your dog's being a good dog right now. She's like such this, a good puppy. She's right. So, <laughs> so you're being you're being an affected dog owner because you're you're exhibiting or you're showing to her like this, what you're doing right now, where you're seemingly doing nothing. You're just sitting on my lap, like being awesome. This is a good dog. Like I'm so yeah. grateful that you're like, look what you're doing. Even though it seems like you're not doing anything, look what you're doing. That's what I want you to do. Nothing. <laughs> right. But so with a, with a, with, you know, the, the, the boyfriend situation, they might, it might be something as simple as, as just like you guys are walking down the street and they intentionally maybe put you on the, the outside, you know, as opposed to being in the inside near traffic. And that could be a thing. So where, many guys like don't even know that, you know? Okay. Well, so, so, but these are little examples of that, or they might just, you know, have like, put their hand on your back in a moment of like support or something like that. It's like almost like a non thing. It was like nothing, but like those little things you can start to coax a person and start to train a person through positivity, which is kind of a, an annoying word. Uh, Cause again, positive negative, it's like more subjective words, but that's another lens to, start to approach. To, yeah. To approach a relationship from, and now there's so much you've, you've filled the relationship with so much, acceptance and love and you know like i think acceptance is the big thing that now we have the the availability to say like man and you know i really like it when you do this and like when this thing happens like this is how i feel 
you're not wrong, but I know you care about how I feel. And when you do this, this is how I feel. I'm not telling you not to do it, but this is how I feel. And now it's in your court, but I'm not saying you're wrong. And I think that's, it's, it's, it's like navigating yeah. a relationship to as, as long as we can navigate a conversation without either of us becoming defensive, then I think we have, we will get further so in that, in that conversation. Yeah. As long as people don't want to like protect their egos, if you don't put them in like a defensive mode, um, this brings me to this and then maybe we can wrap up. Sure. Um, this is one of my favorite things that Jordan Peterson talks about. And I think it's probably like, I've learned so much from him, but this has been one of my favorite things he ever talks about. And, um, it's when he talks about the same exact thing you're saying, but the way he puts it makes make so much sense to me. Um, he said, you know, training your husband or wife or your girlfriend, boyfriend is very similar how to, to how scientists train rats in a lab. It sounds a little like eh, in the beginning, but as he explains it more, you see like how similar it is. He says in a lab, if a scientist wants a rat to climb a ladder, this is how they train the rat. At first, the rat has no idea what you want it to do, right? It's not reading your mind. You can't expect it to just know what to do, right? Very similar to a situation with a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a husband or a wife. So what they do with the rat is they try to bring it close to this ladder by, you know, like maybe placing a little piece of cheese reward um, close to the ladder. So the, the mouse comes, grabs it, and then you, you place one of their, you know, little paws. And it's the same exact way you would, you would train a dog or any animal. You know, you place their first paw on the first, uh, you know, step of the ladder, and then you give them another piece of cheese reward. And then slowly you do this and then you place the chunk of cheese at the end of the ladder. So then when they, at first they don't really know what they're doing. So they just like, you know, they go back, they make mistakes, you're patient with them slowly, maybe even by accident, they get it right. So then you give them a piece of reward, you give them some cheese. And then when they complete it, you give them the chunk of cheese. And so then when the second time they do it, maybe it's by accident, maybe they make a bunch of mistakes in the middle. You know, again, it's not linear. If you do it the first time, they're not going to absolutely get it right the second time. And so each time with you being patient and them also trying to do this, you giving them reward, they finally learn that if they climb this ladder, they will get that reward. And so same thing goes for couples. So let's say a husband comes home and he sees that this is the exact same example that Jordan Peterson brings. He says, oh, my wife is watching TV every time I come home. She doesn't turn the TV off to come say hi to me, to greet me. It feels really cold. I would rather if she didn't do that. So, you know, there are husbands that come home and the wife is watching TV and they're pissed, right? And so maybe they give the silent treatment. Maybe they start banging shit around to, you know, like get her attention. But it's like, she doesn't know what you want. And, you know, girls do this a lot too, where like we really expect the guy to know what we want. We just want him to know. It's like, if you know me, if you know me enough, you should know what I want and you should know what I think. And it's like, just forget that. Forget that. Like nobody's here to read your mind. Like you have to tell people what you want, what you need. So it's like the husband, when he comes in, this is how he would do it. He says like, you know, honey, you know, I, I come home, I'm really tired. I would so much rather if you, um, 
like maybe turn the TV off just for a few minutes and come say hi to me. And, you know, maybe the wife gets pissed off that you have this expectation from her. Like, whatever, I don't care. So, so then it's fine. You just don't give them the reward that they would get otherwise if they were to do what you wanted them to do. So then you just bring it up next time again. Maybe you bring it up in a different way. Maybe you give them some praise first and then you bring up what you need. And then slowly they will maybe take the first step in doing what it is that you wanted them to do. So then you give them some sort of reward, whatever that reward might, however it might be defined in your relationship. Maybe you take her out to dinner. Maybe you give her a hug, a kiss on the cheek, something that will make her feel good. And it feels like a reward so that she continues doing what you want her to do. Um, it's a little like, I don't know if you would call it manipulative. I don't think so. I think it's just really like negotiating your needs and really training your person to be the person you want them to be. So then, you know, slowly they, maybe one time they won't turn the TV off, but then the next time they will turn it off. Maybe the next time they will also like be wearing something nice for you. So then you give them a bigger reward and slowly like you can negotiate your needs to your partner and, you know, through reward and patience, you can get them to do the things that you want them to do. That's it. It's really interesting. It's like, it's really the patience part though. You know, it's like the, the really explaining it to them every time and really like allowing them to then make the mistakes. But then also when they do it the right way that you want it, you're there to appreciate it and acknowledge it. That's really important too. Like, you can't not acknowledge it when they finally do it right and just take it for granted. That's correct. As a last part, I also looked up the guy that you were talking about, the guy that fasted. Oh, good. Yeah, what, was, what, what was his name? Scottish man, Angus Barbieri. Was it like 368 days or 83 days or something? Fasted for 300, 382 days. Nice. Yeah, 82. From, from June 1965, oh, it was, a, it was a while ago, to July 1966, he lived yeah. on tea, coffee, soda water, and vitamins while living at home in Scotland yeah. and frequently visiting the hospital for medical evaluations. But yeah. yeah, like tea, coffee, soda water, and vitamins. I mean, every time, I don't drink coffee very often, but if I drink it in the morning, I won't eat till like 5 p.m. Yeah, I'll add, I'll add a little, little fat into mine, which helps slow down like, the metabolism. Like what, like MCT caffeine. oil? Whatever. I have MCT oil, but butter, you know, anything. Mm. I've got like this like keto milk stuff that I put in sometimes. It tastes nice. I usually put the right. keto milk in. I, have, I, have, I actually have raw milk that I just recently got that's uh, it's pleasant as well. Raw milk's nice because you have the, the enzymes in the milk stay intact to help break down mm. in your digestive tract and you're pasteurizing milk you're you're cutting out uh the lactase i believe mm. is the, the one of the primary enzymes that helps break down the lactose and all the things so yeah and just some kind of like fatty goodness in the morning with some coffee is my that's my jam you know, this is the first time ever in my history of podcasting that I did not ask not even one of the questions I had <laughs> ready for you. We're just a couple of girls. We just 
I mean, I love it when that happens, when the conversation just flows so naturally that you just, like, don't ask the question. But, um, yeah, no, this was great. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Um, of course. Let's do it one, another time at least so I can ask these questions because I was actually yeah. pretty excited for these questions. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we could do, like, an Instagram Live or something. Or maybe do, like, I was thinking that on, before. that. Be- really? Oh, it's a fun mm. thing. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. before, it's like nice like stacking different variables. I was wondering how, if there's a way to do that, to be able to do multiple things at the same time. Anyway, do you do TikTok? Uh, unsuccessfully, yeah. My, most of my focus right now is, is on, I don't do it. I have somebody else do it. Um, but most of my focus is, is, is presently on YouTube as of in the last oh, nice. just like few months because uh, I just think it's a great platform to, I, I like long form content. I like being like Instagram yeah. is, is good, but it's kind of like dumb in a way. Uh, I think YouTube has a, a much greater potential to like go in depth with things, which I enjoy. And where can people find you? I'll just look up a line podcast. That's, you know, that's the, uh, that's the name of the podcast, obviously, but then Instagram's line podcast. The YouTube is line podcast. Um, and the book and, is a line me- and a line method and that's on you know all the places amazon all the stuff so the the the, the book is well hopefully when you when you uh when you read it i'd be curious to hear your your experience if, with it but essentially it's like it educates people on how to make it so that your whole entire day becomes an opportunity for fitness for betterment yeah. you know being able to tap into your 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 body's natural innate systems um, which drive the way that you feel you know so if you feel tired in the morning or you feel kind of sleepless at night or you know you want to learn how to leverage the physiological systems that we have called like one thing would be like your senses your eyes a sense of touch hearing and also the mechanical movement of your body um, there's a, a a better and worse way to engage with all those parts of yourself and the align method uh, I think we successfully broke down a really simple, fundamental user's manual on how to do all of that better. Um, so that's really the function of that. That's on Amazon or bookstores. It'd be great if you walk to a bookstore, if people are into that kind of thing. You go to Barnes & Noble, that'd be great. Yeah, I love that. I woke up to the sound of my uh, gay neighbors screaming and one of them dramatically crying this morning at like, I want to say 6.30 in the morning. Nice. And I was like, I have no idea what could possibly have happened this early in the morning for this. Yeah. It was so loud. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go get a real early workout this morning. It's, your auditory, so, it's your auditory environment. Yeah. So um, I did that. I never go for a workout like at seven in the morning, but I was like, well, I might as well. <laughs> yeah. You can thank me. <laughs> might you as well thank. do that thank your gay neighbors the but that's so that's that's another chapter in the book is is um sound i think we called it like how sound moves you i think is how is how we called that chapter um but that's you know that's an interesting thing that the ambient sounds in your environment that you may deem to be just kind of superfluous whatever uh in Mm -hmm. fact are, are literally tuning the way that you express yourself at a neurochemical level hormonal level mm. uh, you know and just your general state like the way that you feel and so you can start to expand your perception of fitness to not be just the way that you work out at a gym uh, yeah but it's literally the way that you inhabit yourself in daily life mm-hmm. like that from the align method lens uh and everything that i do and like the, you know the youtubes and the instagrams and all that stuff like that's really the, the underlying theme is that you're always 
fitness is always happening. You know, yeah. and we can, there's, there's ways to do, there's ways to do this thing better to get the results we're looking for. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for doing this. Are you going to yeah, Aubrey's birthday at the end of this week? I am. Yeah. I heard you're coming out. Yeah. I'll see you there. Yeah. Um, and everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in and bye. Bye. bye everybody. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>